Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Let's head to Hitchcock. Hello, George. Hi, Jim. Uh, <clears throat> I got a, a uh, I'm fixing to uh, put a, a manufactured home out here in Hitchcock on, uh, on my lot. And uh, some people are telling me I need a, 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 a vapor barrier underneath that house. Can you tell me exactly what a vapor barrier does and what it is and what it's made out of and how much it might cost me to do that? Well, it's it's really just a piece of plastic to keep the ground moisture from coming up into a structure. But uh, if you're putting down a, you said a mobile home, right? Yeah, it's a manufactured home, mobile home. Yeah, it it, it should already have a vapor barrier under it. But Normal, the- normally when they build them, uh, on the bottom side they put a vapor barrier, a plastic sheathing to protect the insulation. And so right. you've already you've already got a vapor barrier under there. Okay. Well it's gonna be a twenty twenty model, so you know, I, I, I guess uh yeah, some people say, Yeah, it's a big old piece of plastic goes on the ground, you know, and Yeah. And I'm like, well, I've never heard of that. So Yeah. It 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 really doesn't cost you hardly anything to do it, but uh are you gonna you're not going to put an enclosed uh, skirting on, around it or anything, are you? Well, it's got a, it's going to have a skirting all the way around it, but it's supposed to be vented skirting. It's supposed to have vents all the way around it. Uh, if it's if it's vented well, then the the uh, vapor barrier won't be an issue. But if it's not, uh, the moisture from the soil can really raise the humidity levels quite high, and by putting down that plastic you can minimize that that humidity level under there but uh honestly it's typically not needed okay but it should be built at the i guess a big warehouse where they build those things it should be already in there huh yes sir yeah up and under the floor okay well when, when you when you when they bring it out when you look underneath you should be able to see uh plastic underneath the thing and if it's not there then yes put one down well, is that some type of special material plastic? Is it super, like super heavy duty or, or what it, is it's, it? Yeah, it's, it's just a heavy plastic barrier that you can put down. Okay. Well, i got to make sure there's no rips or tears in it then, I guess, huh? Yeah, uh, but, I mean, huh. it, it doesn't have to be total tight sealed that way. And even if it does have a rip in it, you, you put a piece of uh, tape on it and you're good. Okay. Well, well, this, this same lot I bought... Uh, uh, it, it, it came, whoever had it before, it came with a, one of these metal buildings, a long 40-foot metal buildings. Yeah. I, I think I think they go on ships or something. I think they call them connexes or something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it sure is hot in there. And uh, my neighbor gave me some of this three-quarter inch, uh, uh, I guess you call it a closed-cell insulation board. It's got this shiny foil paper on one side of it. Got the radiant uh, barrier it, on it. Yeah, just he said just to glue it up in there. What, what type yep. of glue would you recommend that that I glue it on the ceiling of that thing? Oh, liquid nail will take care of that. Liquid nails. 
Yeah. You think it hold up to the heat over the years and stuff? Yep. Yep. Okay, well, let me do it then. I'll get busy. Man, you put no. me to work today, Jim. Goodness <laughs> gracious. You didn't have nothing else to do, right? <laughs> yeah, well, mow the yard. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, all right, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the lesson, and uh, we'll holler at you later. Thank you. All right. Alice, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you very much. I've heard several calls that are similar to what I have. Attached sunroom uh, with the roof. The fascia board is leaking at the corners, and I'm wondering, I've heard one mention replacing the entire roof and the fascia boards, et cetera, et cetera, and another one said they can just repair the little spots that need it in between the tuba sixes. Right. Can the roof, that roll roof, can that not be pulled back a couple feet and that top and the board right under it replaced? Yes, it can. It can, okay. I've I'm, been I'm told it cannot, and I don't know why it couldn't. Well, because the roof is going to have to be repaired when that's done. Uh, but, yes, it, it definitely can be done. It, it, it's not going to be a matter of just rolling the roof back and then rolling it back into place. When you roll that roof up, you're replacing that portion that you have to roll up. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. I didn't know which direction to go with it and maybe just patch it for now and then later when I do have rough leaks or hail, whatever, then do the whole thing at once. Yep. And that's normally what's done. Okay. Alrighty. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so you very, bet. very much. Take care, Alice. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah, roof repairs could they you know, it it can be repaired and then the Permanent fix done when the new roof is put on. Yvonne, how are you today? Hi, Jim. I'm calling to get your opinion on using a soaker hose around the foundation of a house in weather like this, where there's it's scorching hot and there's no rain in sight. Yep. Absolute must. In fact, if you go to our website, thipro.com, there's mm-hmm. a video there that shows you how to put it in and how to properly uh, get it all set up. Because... You should be doing this year-round, not just when it gets hot and dry like this. Once it's hot and dry, mm-hmm. you will never catch back up. And in the okay. winter months, you're playing catch-up and getting the soil ready for next summer. You're just trying to take okay. that up-and-down curve out of it. Now, I'm I'm talking about the soaker hose you just buy at the store. And yep. You put, okay, okay, good. Good. Okay, well, that's what I wanted. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, that, that video I was just talking about is for do-it-yourself. Uh, to do the soaker hoses, so. Okay, thank you. Uh, you bet. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And, and really, your foundations need to be watered. Uh, we are on the edge of going back into drought conditions, so you need to go ahead and and uh, start keeping things watered if you haven't been. Claudia, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi. Thank you. Um, I know I just got a second, so. My um, air conditioner original from 2004, 2,400 square foot house, uh, it'll stop cooling. I'm like, no, it's cooling fine. I have a temperature gauge. It will stop running and turn off as if it's cooled down to the stated temperature on the thermostat that I picked. Uh And then I have to go, like, lower the thermostat 
and then it kicks back on. So I think the thermostat is wonky. I, I don't have any ice around the compressor, condenser, or anything like that. Any thoughts on that? Like it's it's not making a lot of noise when it tries to start back up, is it? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Then yeah, there's a good chance all it is is a thermostat. Then. Great. I have been having a new one here. I just haven't put it on because the wires don't match. So I was a little bit. <laughs> well, you, and you got to be careful of that because the thermostats aren't necessarily all interchangeable. In other words, what you use for a gas. Uh, Furnace versus an electric is different. Uh, heat pump thermostats are different than thermostats that or, or uh, systems that don't have a heat pump. So you got to make sure that it's a, the right type of thermostat for your system. Oh, okay. I'll check that for sure. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Well, great. That's where I was heading. Talk to you later. All right. I appreciate it. Thank Bye. you. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. JJ, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, good afternoon, man. I love your show. Got Thank a quick you. question for you. With the uh, I, with the hot weather, I'm turning my AC down, and I'm getting a problem with uh, like what looks like mold in the in the air vents. And I'm wondering. It. Uh, I was told that this is because I'm turning the thermostat down too low in its condensation. Is that true? And is it made worse? I use a vaporizer at night to breathe better. Having well, how, low, how low are you turning the thermostat? Uh, 65. I get free electricity at night because of my provider. <laughs> so I like to sleep really cold. But is that really, is that what the problem is? You, you understand you live in the wrong state for that, right? <laughs> I'm from Colorado, so I, I, love the, I love to snuggle at night. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, yes, that is a, a situation Turning the thermostat down that low, you don't allow the system to ever catch up and shut down. And it will start building condensation because even though the ductwork is insulated, the plenum is insulated, by having it run constant that way, all the insulation gets very cold. Then it'll start sweating on the outside of it, and it'll start ruining that insulation and stuff. So... Yeah, it, it it is. You you can't go that low. Okay, so you, you can do I, it I for will, limited will, periods of time, but not all the time. Gotcha. So, uh, what? How low is seventy two? Too low is seventy? No. No, seventy two. Okay. You should be fine, because you're especially at night. You're giving the system time to cycle on and off, and that allows the insulation in the ductwork and in the plenums and all that kind of stuff to get attic heat back on them and so it goes up and down that way but when it's constant cold that's when it's the issue and then how would you recommend get rid of the mold well that uh, is going to depend on how bad it got uh in some cases you end up replacing everything uh in other cases yeah in other cases you can get it cleaned up and that is just going to have to be inspected to to find out what you got to do Okay, thank you for the in- information. The guy so, who knows, I appreciate you. Sorry about now, JJ. Truly, if you do want to bring the temperature down that low, it can be done, but you don't want to do it with just a regular air conditioning system. You would have to have a system put in it. You're designing it to keep it that cold, so it can be done. But your normal AC system that's installed in a house isn't installed to do it that way. 
George, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Uh, thanks a lot, Jim. Uh, yeah, I live out here in uh, Brock, and uh, we we got a new home with a big concrete uh, driveway. Uh-huh. And on one end of the, on one side of the driveway is a, a nice drop off. Uh, the house is kind of up a little bit, and then it drops off about about seven eight feet. And when we get these sheet flows from these big storms, I get unbelievable erosion. And if I try to put you know, some uh, some uh, grass or whatever on that side, it just wipes it all out after one big storm. So I was wondering, is there a way to put a um, a curbing on one side of that driveway? To control the sheet? Yeah, the sheet flows, yeah. You know, de- depending on how fast that water's coming down, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's you, coming. You can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the problem is, you know, if it's coming fast enough, it'll hit that curb and jump over it. Yeah, well, I mean, now, anything that would slow it down would help. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I get really deep uh, erosion on that side of the hill there. So, But, yeah, it definitely a, a curb can be added to it that side. Added, yeah, yeah they, uh-huh. What they'll have to do is they'll come in and drill into the existing concrete Yeah. Uh, so that they can stick rebar, and basically the rebar will come up, okay. curve over, and back down into the concrete. So it's looking like little, uh, just little boxes that are on top. Okay. And then, then they'll pour the curb on top of the on existing of that, concrete. Yeah. 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 Going to be more than 50 bucks, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's the best way to do it, I guess. Because I was thinking, you know, you could put a little, maybe uh, tack some bricks on top. But that that, that wouldn't stop it, the no. flows, would it? No. This is the only way to get it done. Okay, I'll, I'll get an estimate and see how it does. So. Now. I'm going to tell you, if you want to go cheap, well, you do have an option. Okay, what's that? And that's to take uh, like four-by-sixes that are treated uh-huh. and anchor them into the concrete. Okay. Now, you know, the four-by-six don't cost all that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just drill through the board, use a hammer drill to drill into the concrete and right. bolt it down. and uh, Put some kind of sealant up under it? Uh, you, you won't even have to. Oh really? Okay. Now you can if you want, but you don't have to. But okay. that'll that'll stop those sheets the same as the curb would. Okay. Well, good. That, that's a that's a good plan. I'll see. So I, I I put those down, drill through into the into the cement, right? Yep. Okay. And then anchor it how? Well, they make anchors that you can put into the the concrete. Okay. You hit it with a hammer, and then you. Uh, tighten up a, a nut on the top of it okay yeah I, i've done that before yeah okay. yeah redmond yeah right okay all right i'll give it a shot thank you, you. Bet. take care right. we're gonna head to big spring david where is big spring it's out west uh about 300 miles west of dallas give or take a few yeah that might be why i didn't know where it was then yeah <laughs> <laughs> well get on get on 20 and just go west and you will go right through big spring okay after after several hours, <laughs> <laughs> well, how can I help you? We actually, I'm looking at redoing a counter in the bathroom, uh-huh. and it's seen some uh, video stuff on, and I can't remember the brand name or whatever, but it was a like a double sticky tape to uh, use for tile. Ah, yes. Were using it for a backsplash, but was thinking if it works on a backsplash on a countertop. Yep. Uh, do you have any information about that? Is it, is it I've, good stuff? Or? I've actually used the product. It's a black tar-based product. 
And oh, okay. you got to be extremely careful because once you peel off the cellophane and you stick it somewhere, you ain't pulling it back right. off. Um, <laughs> okay. Are, are you wanting to put it on the countertop or the backsplash? Uh, countertop. Okay. And uh, pro- probably a backsplash, too. We're not sure exactly how we want to redo that counter, but it's sure. got to be redone. Yeah. And saw that, thought that would be easy. looks like it might be a little easier on a countertop than the uh, thin set to get it. Get it actually smooth. is because if if on the countertop, if you're for mica or what, what do you have down right now? Uh, it's for mica, I think. Yeah. If the, look, but... if the formica is down solid, you don't even have to yeah. take it up. You can go right over it oh. with this. Oh, okay. Wow. And the that tile. The tile will stick extremely well. I, I used it on a backsplash at my house, uh, and I put it yeah. in 17 years ago. And wow. It, and it, it's still there. I'm getting ready to do a kitchen remodel again, but uh, that's still what's holding the tile on the backsplash from 17 wow. years ago. Hey. So, yeah, it's very yeah, durable. Yeah. Okay, uh, good. That, that uh, makes me feel better. <laughs> on the backsplash, if you do a backsplash, make sure you have some of the spacer tile, uh, you know, for tile available, those little right. plastic spacers, right. because when yes. you put it on, it'll try to sag just a little bit, just because it's sideways. Putting it on the right. countertop, uh, you won't have any issues with that. You'll just want right. to make sure your okay. spacing is good. But uh, right. the, the benefit of using this, you can go right over plywood as well. Because it waterproofs whatever's underneath it, and oh, okay. as soon as you put the tile on it, you can grout. You don't have to wait for the for the uh, mud under it right. to dry or anything like that. So yeah, yeah it makes okay. for a very quick and easy job. We thought it would. So I've just you know, I had seen it. Thought that looks like it'd be pretty handy. Just hadn't had never tried, hadn't ever seen it, so yep. didn't didn't know. Yep. All right, very good. Hey, I appreciate your help. Have you a bet. good day. Take Enjoy care. your show. Thank you, sir. Mike, welcome to Cliff. How can I help you? Thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So I have a 50-year-old home in Dallas, and I got two whirly birds on the roof, and it's they're more like whirly noises. Um, and so they need to be replaced. But I was going online, and I was looking at some Internet blogs, and a lot of the blogs were saying that they really don't make a difference in terms of keeping your attic, you know, you know, the, the heat escaping. What what are your thoughts about the whirly bird and how efficient they are? They're not very efficient at all. In fact, they're one of my least favorite ways of ventilating an attic. Uh, my first choice is going to be a ridge vent. And you got to have a lot of soffit vents with it, but... That allows, as hot air rises, it goes out through the ridge vent, and new air comes in through the soffit vents. After a ridge vent, then I go over to a solar-powered vent. And I don't want to use a power vent, because why pay for electricity when you don't have to? And the regular 110 power type, they have a real uh, tendency to short out. And so they don't work once they short out, but they also have a tendency to start a fire when they do short out. Uh, the the solar-powered fans don't tend to have that issue. So those are my two favorite. And I guess with the power, the, the 110, 
I'd have to run an electrical line, and right. there'd be some electrical work done with it, I guess, versus a solar. Yep. Be none. Right. And, you know, one of the advantages on the solar, well, the 110 as well, but since you already have whirly birds, you can take the whirly birds out and replace it with the solar-powered fan. Right. In terms of cost, what do you, um, what what's an average for a solar? Uh, gosh, it's been so long since I looked. I really don't remember what they're going for now. Okay, I can check it out online. But well, it's just, well, it's just to, money, Mike. You don't need to worry about that part of it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just money. I'll just go outside and pick it off a tree. There you go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and it's it's really it's interesting because what happened until I could find a roofer and get them replaced, I was able to you know stop them from turning by just rigging them with some duct tape, you know. Yeah. And they, but I didn't know if I was you know affecting the heat escaping from the yeah. attic. And so you're, I, you're really not uh, because by all all you did by stopping it from tw- twirling, the heat can still go up and out through that opening. Uh, the the okay. amount of air that it moves when it's spinning is very minimal. Very minimal. Okay. Well, meanwhile, I'll uh, look for some roofers and see if they can uh, give me a quote on getting two solar. Talk to, to the people over at Arrington Roofing. Arrington, well, I appreciate your help. I, I really do. Candace, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, Jim. <clears throat> We've had a mystery odor in our house. It's all through the air vents. We think it might be bird drop droppings or smell from the roof. We've checked all of our vents everywhere we can for birds or nests and can't find anything. But nonetheless, we need to know how to sanitize and get rid of the odor in the the air vents. How long have you had the odor? Oh, it's been for months. It gets worse when it uh, rains. Okay. And, oh, we we do think it started because we took our um, our microwave out because the smell seemed to be um, begin there. And so we took it out, cleaned it all, and we found out that uh, when people put our microwave in, they left out the flap to the vent. Ah. So it, it wasn't venting properly, so we think that's how the odor's gotten in. And also, when we smell bird droppings on our patio, uh, we have our uh, fresh air vent out there. So we think it's uh, that, but we really need to get rid of this odor in the house. Is it kind of a like a wet sock? Mm. Not really. It's it's. Uh, I'm sorry. This is George, the That's okay. the, the butler. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know what wet um, uh, bird guano smells like. Yeah. You know, it's that very very sharp, strong, and that's and that's what was coming into the house. Okay. How old of AC system do you have? Uh, the house is three years new. Um, it was built in three years ago in 2016. Oh, gotcha. Okay then more than likely you have a fresh air intake for that air conditioning system. Right, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, one of the places yeah. it was coming in, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, well, she, meant she I thought she was saying it was coming, it, it started at the microwave, but... Both, uh, actually. What happened yeah. was that uh, we had 
our microwave replaced, and um, and when they put it, the new one in, they didn't put it in a backdraft preventer. Right. And so what happens? The birds poop on our yep. on our roof, and when it rains, the smell just kind of uh, goes down. You know, the heavy air, the heavy right. cold, damp air comes down right through our and into the kitchen, and then of course it goes into the air conditioning system. So well, we've, the the source is now gone, and we've cleaned the porch outside, but the house retains this this awful smell yeah did, did you uh get the the vent fixed for the ac as well the uh, flapper well the, the thing is the vent you know is still out on the porch where the the porch is we can't really move it i don't think right we can but we did clean the porch extensively so but you know, got a flapper now that closes for the ac as well correct oh no i need to do that good point good point yeah, yeah because oh, otherwise man. this this problem will continue on if if you don't perfect uh, then as far as getting rid of the odor, uh, actually, you know, you could do a whole lot of stuff that, that would uh, cost a lot of money, but ozone is used for getting rid of odors like that. Right. But my wife is afraid that the the germs from the bird guano um, uh, have adhered to the inside of the AC, you know, duct work, you uh-huh. know, and so what she's looking for is and hoping to find and hoping that maybe you might know someone who actually d- uses some sort of liquid spray or aerosol or misting system that would actually, you know, we went online and they said, you know, you can use some of these things, but if, the th- if you have something that's really adhered to the inside, right. you need something that will actually really soak into that and really get you know, through whatever's still in in there because we had the vents actually cleaned as well. Talk to the folks over at uh, Berkey's because they have a division that does duct cleaning and stuff. And if the chemical is available, they would have it. And you can reach them at Berkey's, uh, uh, 877-Berkey's, which is, well, let me give you a direct number, 817-405-0745. Four zero, uh, ozone would take care of that as well because it, it it basically encapsulates everything and and takes care of it. So you may want to take a look at doing that because that would take right. all the odors out as well. I, I, I need to hear from the management. No, that sounds good. That's just what I need to know: both sanitizing and deodorizing. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we did, we just didn't know what to do because we've heard of ozone cleaning, aerosol cleaning, mist. Yeah. Well, ozone is, ozone is used after fires and stuff. It really does a great job with the odors. Okay. Well, now we know which way to go. And if yep. you can make Mama happy, you know I'll be very, <laughs> very happy. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a good afternoon. Thanks. You, you too. our day. Thanks so much, Jim. You bet. Bye. Bye-bye. Vicki in Rockwall, how are you today? Hi there. How are you? Doing great. Uh, I have a patio on my house, big covered patio, and it's got concrete on it, of course. Then we put Colorado red flagstone on top, and I've tried Thompson weather seal. Nothing works. It always looks thirsty, and therefore it looks dusty, and we clean it and everything. I I just don't know what to do with it so it has that rich Colorado red flagstone look. Well, it's outside, and so it's it's going to need new application on a pretty regular basis to keep that nice a Thompson, look going. You mean? Nah, well, you can use Thompson, but I'm not a Thompson fan for the same reason that email I just read. It just don't hold up well. If you'll go to uh, Floor and Decor, 
Okay. They, they have uh, materials for natural stone that way. And, okay. And uh, that will hold up much better and give you that. Basically, it's a wet look that you're looking for. Yes. I thought about putting oil on it. <laughs> no, you don't I, want to put an oil on there. I thought we put a coating on it, turned white. We had a pressure wash it off that tore up the grout. Yeah. So we're just in, uh, okay, I'll go to Florida Core tomorrow and tell them you sent me. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. You take care. Yeah, you know, when you're dealing with natural stone, whether it's a slate or, uh, you know, like, like she's dealing with the uh, sandstone. Now, sandstone is very tough because it's extremely porous and it's going to soak material in it real bad. But they do make sealers that you can put on it so you can keep that wet look. I got an email that came in from uh, Hearst, Texas. It come come in from uh, Sidharth. And he says, it is not difficult to remove a screw, then replace washer and problem is solved. However, my problem, Phillips screw head is worn out. And I tried everything, including a piece of rubber to put in the, on the screw head and then using a drill to remove it slowly, but no luck. Any suggestions? It makes no sense to replace the whole faucet for a 25 to 30 cent rubber gasket. Thanks for your great informative show. All right. They make a tool that is made for screw heads that way that you screw it, you drill it down into the, the screw head and can rotate the screw heads backwards. And uh, Craftsman used to make it. I think other companies are making them now as well. But if you'll stop at an Ace Hardware store, I know they'll have it. Uh, Lowe's should have it because they carry Craftsman tools as well. So one, either one of those would be able to help you with that tool. But it's, it's basically, you know, we, everybody used to have tap and die tools where you could redo threads and tap in and undo bolts and all that stuff well it's basically just like that except it's made for screw heads and it's just a a, a little screw or a little it, it more or less kind of like a phillips head would go into your your drill but this thing will unscrew the screws for you as long as it's not uh been loctited in there or something like that it should take it out and even when there is loctite a lot of times this will take it out so that's that's what i would recommend you take a look at for that yeah i had a, an email from karen in new caney and she says i have a blacktop driveway where several places have dips one in particular is quite large someone told me to break it open and fill it with concrete because blacktop would continue to dip other places have dips but are not as large and as the one that, that I just mentioned. These dips started after a tropical storm Imelda when flood water sat on the driveway for about nine days. My yard and drive used to be high and dry. I've lived here for over 40 years, but with Highway 99 completed and Valley Ranch Town Center, Walmart, and all the new neighborhoods that have been built, the water has continued to be a problem. Unfortunate for those of us that have lived here for many years, what would be the best patch job for this problem? Thank you again for your program. I've learned a lot just from listening to your program. Well, Karen, here's the fix. You do have to take off the top asphalt layer. And what you're going to find is the dirt underneath isn't the first thing you get to. You should have 
gravel, and usually it's going to be crushed limestone underneath the asphalt. And that's going to be broken up as well. And underneath that, you're going to find that the dirt is soft. Dig it out. Take the crushed limestone out. Take the dirt out. Usually you're going to have to take the dirt out until you get down to good, solid dirt. And that's usually going to be something in the 12-inch range. Then you pack it back with good, solid dirt, at least 6 to 8 inches of limestone, and then you put your concrete or your, your uh, asphalt back over the top of the limestone. That's how you would patch a asphalt driveway that way uh, and get it to stay. So, And you got to do that at all the little soft spots because where it's just a small spot now, once they get soft that way, they'll continue to get more and more water and it'll just get bigger and bigger. So hopefully that'll help you out with that. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.